Hello, and welcome to the Parables of Dantooine podcast. This is episode three, and I'm your host, Mark. The summer season has begun, and today on the podcast, I give part one of my review of Solo, a Star Wars story. What did I like? What were the movie's strengths? What were some of my favorite moments? The weather is warm and pleasant on the plains of Dantooine, and I am glad to have you along for today's journey. It's great to be back behind the microphone for today's episode, The Parables of Dantooine. The big news, obviously, is the release of Solo, a Star Wars story. I hope everyone had a chance to catch it at the theater sometime during the three-day weekend. And I hope you're planning a return trip to Corellia, Mimban, and all those locations during a second viewing of the movie this weekend as well. I know I'm going to make a concerted effort to be there again. And uh, just to let you all know that this is going to be a very spoiler-heavy episode, so if you haven't seen Solo yet, you should stop the podcast now, go see it, and then come back. I trust now that everyone who's listening right now has seen the movie, so I'm going to go on with my review. And first, I want to say, what a great movie. I know it is sometimes tough to gauge one's true impression of a movie so soon after seeing it, and a second viewing does help one formulate better ideas and opinions on the film, but regardless of that, I had a blast at Solo. After coming out of the theater, I was thinking to myself, yeah, I'm digging this new tale of Han, Lando, Chewie, and all the new characters as well. So, what did I like about Solo? I thought it was a fun story, amazing action sequences, interesting and new characters that I'm thrilled to have now as part of the Star Wars saga, some great nods to the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, Rogue One, and the expanded universe as well. It was a swashbuckling, action-packed, at times romantic, and a much-needed breath of fresh air to the Star Wars universe. One of the aspects that I enjoyed about the movie, and even more than Rogue One in a sense if we're comparing the two standalone movies, is the fact that this movie is the first Star Wars movie that left out aspects of the Force, as well as if you noticed R2-D2 and (laughs) C-3PO. Regardless of that, the spiritual aspects, which is why I love Star Wars so much, was not present in this story. And truthfully, that was also, in fact, a breath of fresh air. The Skywalker Saga, which in my opinion also includes episode 7, 8, and 9, is our spiritual anchor to understanding the Force, the balance of the Force, as well as ideas behind good and evil. Solo, a Star Wars story, challenges us to see that galaxy far, far away in a more physical and non-esoteric way. We get a good look at the actual oppression uh, that the Empire's grip has waterfalls into those first scenes on Corellia that is controlled by gangs, thugs, and warlords. We're given a glimpse into a group of characters who struggle between life and death each day of their lives. The Jedi are not even mentioned in the film as the former protectors of the galaxy. What we know now is that the Empire is in control with these gangs being the more immediate threat for Han and his love interest Kira when we first meet them. The story's strength is the fact that those spiritual elements that hold the other movies together is left out. It's a scoundrel's affair throughout, and it's about smuggling, high-flying stunts, and cheaters in high-stake games of Sabacc. This type of story most definitely enhances our view of the galaxy. It might even be an indirect method of showing how far removed the Jedi are from the universe. In some senses, the legend of the Jedi itself is not even within the thoughts of these characters in this adventure, and I think that shows how Emperor Palpatine's well-orchestrated takeover of the galaxy succeeded for the time he was in power. 
Another reason why this movie worked for me was because it did play out as a standalone story while keeping the door open for more adventures. This is actually how I was thinking when I was reading The Last Shot novel by Daniel Jose Older. It's a standalone adventure that grabs anyone's interest and does not require one to have an elaborate amount of EU under their belt. But it sure doesn't hurt if you do. But it's also reminded me of those older classic EU novels featuring Han and Lando on smuggling adventures such as The Han Solo Adventures by the late Brian Daly, The Han Solo Trilogy by the late A.C. Crispin, and The Lando Calrissian Adventures by L. Neil Smith. Now, just to go off on a small tangent, while I do enjoy the current EU novels as well as the novels from the previous EU, there was something different about what I would call classic EU. Back in the late 1970s and early 1980s, novels were for the most part standalone stories and were generally paperback novels under 200 pages. Nowadays, it is pretty rare to find an actual novel that fits into these parameters and costs two or three bucks. It was the type of novel that you could throw in your backpack, read on the beach, or on the subway at work, or even at lunch, and it did not take a long time to read. The authors knew that a quick-paced, fun-filled action story done the right way pulled the reader into the story and the character's predicaments. And if I can pull this tangent back into the solo discussion, this is how I see the solo movie. It is sort of like that Han Solo adventure by Brian Daly or Splinter of the Mind's Eye by Alan Dean Foster. Solo packed in a good adventure story within two hours. The door is left open at the end of the movie for another Han Chewie adventure, but the viewer does not have to feel that they need to commit to another movie to understand this one. This is unlike episodes 7 and 8, which appears to need the upcoming episode 9 to explain certain aspects of it. Now, what about the big three of Solo? Han, Lando, and Chewie. Were they believable as the characters we saw from previous Star Wars movies? From a first viewing of the movie, I have to say that Alden Ehrenreich, Donald Glover, and Jonas Tsutamo did a great job embracing the roles of the classic characters from an earlier time. I think that Alden understood how Harrison Ford portrayed Han and studied him so he could get those subtle nuances that Han had through the saga. But he also had the forethought to build the character as he thought would reflect Han at a younger age before he reappears in the saga in A New Hope. My favorite, my favorite scenes of Han in this movie was during the legendary Kessel Run. You can see Han basically falling in love with his ship and Alden really makes Han glow with light speed energy when he is in the pilot seat. He desperately wants the scoundrel and smuggler's life and thrives on that adrenaline and adventure. I also thought it was just plain cool seeing Han take hold of his blaster for the first time and how he comes accustomed to using that blaster from his quick draw holster. I'm not sure if many thought this, but as I was watching him in that standoff at the end of the movie, it made me think of his role in The Force Awakens when he is blasting away at First Order Troopers. Remember how he blasted that trooper without even looking at him? For me, it was a tiny thread connecting us to the sequels. I give Alden a solid B-plus for his performance. I think it has to be tough to portray a character everyone has loved for so many years, but the combination of his acting efforts along with Ron Howard's vision of the character in the film, as well as the writing by Lawrence Kasdan, opens the way for another scoundrel adventure. Now, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. While not taking anything away from Alden's performance, 
I give Donald Glover a solid A for his portrayal of the smoothest gambler in the galaxy. Ever since reading about Lando in the classic EU novel, The Mine Harp of Sharu, that actually starts off with a game of Sabacc, I was getting a kick out of seeing Lando in an actual Sabacc game. And it also reminded me of the Sabacc games I played in the 2003 video game Knights of the Old Republic. And now we are actually seeing this game played out in a Star Wars movie. It's a small t detail I know, but for me it stood out. I really thought Donald Glover captured so many nuances that we saw with Lando in Empire and Jedi. And I am thrilled that we got to see the Millennium Falcon while it was under Lando's control. I was getting such a kick out of seeing a slick and shiny Millennium Falcon. And I will say that I was loving his, his closet of capes. We get a great description of the capes and closet in the Last Shot novel, but it was great to actually see it in the movie. One short note tangent again that as I'm thinking about Last Shot. In the novel, we actually get to see Lando in a relationship with a Twi'lek named Kasha, who seems to understand how Lando operates, but also knows that he just naturally puts up a facade to maintain his scoundrel, gambler-like ways. But speaking of Lando and relationships as well, I really enjoyed his interaction with L3. I have heard some say his relationship with L3 in the movie was a little strange, but I think this film took the chance of going beyond the more normalized relationship pilots have with astromech units or protocol droids. L3 and Lando have a much more complex relationship, and I don't mean that in any weird way. It was touching to see Lando heartbroken when L3 basically gave her quote-unquote life to liberate the droids during the heist for the Coaxium. Lando has has depth to his character, and for me, Donald Glover's performance adds layers to the Lando we already know. And by the way, I was getting such a kick when they showed Lando recording a short memoir about his adventure from the Mineharp of Sharu. I think EU fans probably picked this up as well, but I just had to mention it on the podcast. And how about Jonas Sutamo as Chewbacca? I always wondered how anyone could match Peter Mayhew's ability to play Chewbacca. In fact, I had the on I had the I've had the honor of meeting Peter at two conventions and I always made the comment to him that I didn't think anyone would ever be able to replicate his performance of our favorite Wookiee. Jonas has already had experience in episode 7 and episode 8 and I think he might be the only head headline Star Wars actor to be in the saga as well as the standalone movie. But Jonas learned his role so, role so well that at times his performance as Chewbacca was spot on with Peter's performance. And was anyone else tickled to death, so to speak, when you saw that Chewie actually could pull someone's arms out of their sockets? Another aspect of the story I enjoyed was seeing how Han and Chewie developed their relationship, and I think the fact that Han has known for years how to speak the Wookiee Kashikin language raises Han and Chewie's eyes to a level of mutual respect. Not only does Han understand Chewie, but we learn that he also understands the plight of the Wookiees at the hands of the Empire. This probably is the first time in the movie saga that we hear about the Wookiee's plight, and interestingly, the only other time that I can remember that we get a small detailed look into the Empire's rule on Kashyyyk is in the Forced Unleashed video game that came out a bunch of years ago. And uh, if you want to check it out, playing the game is great, but I am sure you can go on YouTube and see the cutscenes that revolve around Kashyyyk and the Empire. And I think that all Star Wars fans had a thrill when we saw Chewie take the co-pilot's seat on the Falcon with Han at the helm. 
Now, there is still so much more I want to say about Solo A Star Wars Story. Uh, I want to talk some, about some of the nice swag that has been released in conjunction with the movie and dive into more discussion about the characters and topics we have touched upon, such as Kira. I want to also talk about Beckett and his nest, Crimson Dawn, and, <laughs> of course, the biggest surprise of the movie... Darth Maul shows his face at the very end of the movie, and we learn that he is the one who's in control of a lot of these crime syndicates, and, and he's the one behind what was going on in that movie. Um, there is just so much to, to discuss, but I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to gather up some of my buddies who saw the movie with me and have a nice discussion and debate about this latest chapter in the Star Wars saga. So stay tuned for that. I think once we get into those topics with some buddies of mine, uh, I think we'll have a nice, robust discussion about what we liked about Solo and even some of the stuff that we might have found uh, challenging about seeing Solo. So I want to say thanks for checking out this latest episode of the Parables of Dantooine podcast. Be sure to check us out at our Facebook page, at our blog, and we also are we also are on iTunes. So if you haven't seen Solo for a second time, I suggest get a couple of friends or take your kids, go out, see Solo again, come back to the podcast, and hopefully by then we'll have a uh, a nice roundtable discussion with some of my buddies about Solo, a Star Wars story. That's all for now. Have a great day and keep on listening.